Um, are we ready, Spaghetti? We are ready, Spaghetti. Honestly, it is such a triggering thing. My sister said ready, Spaghetti, to me earlier today, and I was like, oh, are we starting the podcast? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Uh, we should make merch though. That would be great. We really need to do that. That's ready, a good ready. idea. Um, now that like tattoo shops are opening and stuff, I was like, I could get a spider tattoo. I mean, that would be a choice. Like, <laughs> a spider on your body is so terrifying. But they're so cool. I mean, ugh, I was vacuuming up a spider the other day. Oh, God. Um, and then I looked online and then I was like, do they die immediately? Like when you vacuum them? Yeah. And some articles were like, of course they do. They, they get like ripped apart by the air. And some other ones were like, no, they can live in a vacuum for weeks. And I'm like, wait, what? What's the truth? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. See, that's, that's not something I want to know. Especially oh, for their well-being. Actually, my man friend is terrified of spiders as well. And weirdly flies, which makes me laugh to no end he flies um, yeah he hate he i don't oh he's afraid of flies flies and spiders oh is he a centipede well that's my question yeah. um but he uh what did he do he was telling me that he got me these like sensors or something and they like emit like a sound we can't hear to like get rid of all the bugs oh like and that's like a crock of shit well i thought so too they're for bed bugs cockroaches mosquitoes spiders and like centipedes um and he's like just try them in your house and i was like to be honest i wouldn't be able to tell the difference really and yeah. like they looked hollow when he brought them so i was like i don't think this works it was very strange he got it because his friend had like a really bad bed bug infestation oh yeah that's and then, well <laughs> and then they got them and he was like it works and i was like or your exterminator did his job well yeah. welcome to the bug episode of i kill a spider <laughs> for you um Welcome to our podcast um, called I Pillow Spider View. My name is Catherine. And I'm Carmen. And this is our bi-weekly podcast where we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about big issues, small issues. We politicize everything. We talk about the Lord of the Rings. We talk about like our phobias. And today we're doing an episode that honestly cannot believe that we haven't well, done before. I can't. It was the same, when we did the Lord of the Rings episode, we were losing our minds when someone suggested it, because we were like, how do, we, how do we not do this? How have we not <laughs> talked about the Lord of the Rings? We are obsessed with it. How have we not talked about religion? We how? have been talking about religion since we were 12 years old. Like, in like middle school, we would have long discussions about religion at lunch break. It's been our constant companion. I have a degree <laughs> in it. How have we not talked about this? <laughs> oh. oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, I think it's crazy that we haven't because we've, I think we more than a lot of people have explored different religions and, and have like quite a bit of experience figuring stuff out about it. So I yeah. think it's really funny that we haven't. It's wild. So we are going to be in this episode, this is going to be the first of probably a three-parter mm -hmm. where we're going to be talking about first our experiences with religion in this episode. Mm -hmm. And stay tuned for the other two. We're probably going to have some sweet interviews and, uh, you know, talking about decolonializing, decolonializing, decolonizing Decolonize. your religion. So stay <laughs> tuned for that. But this episode, we're going to have a lot of juicy stories and discussions about our relationships to religion. Oh, embarrassing stories. Um, so basically, we asked folks what they thought about religion and like what the relationship was with it and also spirituality, because we know that people like to differ between them. So we were going to talk about that. 
So in terms of some things that people brought up, I wanted to mention some of them. So our lovely friend Alicia, her mom is always super responsive and lovely. And so she said that she believes in God and she believes that there's a higher power. And if for anybody who's ever, I mean, met Alicia's mom, she is a very like wise and kind human. So I think that makes sense. She's very not ethereal, but I don't know how to put it. But you know, she's very lovely. Yeah, she's got that vibe. Um, and then our friends at uh, Woke Up a Rebel, who are the DJs that also follow us, they said that they stay away from church so that it doesn't actually mess with their connection with God. And then that they've had to unlearn a lot in the time that they've kind of been dealing with religion and faith and spirituality. So now they make it a point to not have anything to do with like church and religion and just kind of stick to their understanding and connection to the universe. So I think that's cool. And then somebody mentioned that they don't actually have any connection with religion, but they like to take some time to go for a walk in nature and that's kind of their connection and our lovely friend Jane who co-hosted or guest hosted on our last episode said that God is what keeps her life going and I know that that we kind of maybe brought it up a little bit in the episode anyway because she is really into Jesus and so that's that's what we've heard and then our, our lovely friend and listener Emily also mentioned that she always felt really left out when it came to religion because she didn't have one because she was raised by two atheists and so many people around her were raised by religious parents and, and went to church and all these other things but that she's always felt like a connection in the universe where like sometimes she just feels like she's really lucky and that things just happen for her and that feels really great and she also said that her grandmother was a very spiritual person or is a very spiritual person And uh, one of the sayings that she used to say, like just to kind of, instead of saying like, oh God, or or something like that, she would say Jesus, Mary, and Vishnu. Oh, that's good. Which I think is beautiful. And I I distinctly remember her saying that. And it always makes me laugh. That's very Um, good. I like that. I like that a lot. Right? Because I also, Joseph, he's not holy. He's just some guy. Much better actually to say Jesus, Mary, and Vishnu. Right? That's what I was like. This is great. Um, So it was pretty awesome. But yeah, so Catherine, let's talk about you and like your religion and, and stuff. Lordy, lordy, lordy. I guess so. (laughs) So my relationship with religion is interesting because I'm raised by the family heathen. So I'm Jamaican (laughs) and Jamaican people are generally speaking some kind of Christian, right? Yeah. So in my family, we have a bunch of some kind of Christians, like, I don't know, evangelical, this or that. Then we also have a whole segment of our family. This is not necessarily a Jamaican thing, just a thing that happened to happen. We have a large segment of Jehovah's Witnesses in my family. Large, a large section. My mom is a family heathen. Everybody knows that my mom is not religious. My mom will say, God doesn't exist to your face. My mom is the one who says this is a crock of shit. My mom is that lady. That's who my mom is. But I think it's interesting that you can kind of trace that she wasn't always necessarily that lady. I mean, she's always been the family heathen, but to varying degrees. So I have two older sisters who are seven and 10 years older than me, respectively. Right. And you can see that with my eldest sister, she is the most likely to believe in a God in a traditional religion. We've discussed this. She sort of believes in a higher power, that kind of thing. Three years later, my other sister, she's more firmly agnostic, I would say. Like, I think she's a little bit more less that there's like a dude in the sky and more that there's just like, there's something out there. She's a bit more agnostic. Right. And then seven years later, there's me. And I would say I'm an atheist, but like a spiritual atheist. But 
as a kid, I was much more firmly an atheist because my mom raised me with absolutely nothing. I didn't have any vestiges of her religious upbringing really in me. I wasn't that close to the family members who are super religious in the same way my older sisters were. And so I was the most or the least religious of the three of us. And you can literally track my mom's spiritual journey with that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So when I was a kid, I thought of religion as like, you know how some families have like board game nights and stuff? Like that's what religion was. It was just something some other families did because my cousins did it. Right. Right. When I was like three years old, I went to, um, or four years old or something, I was visiting my cousins in Kentucky, mm-hmm. <sighs> my cousins in Kentucky, and uh, <laughs> um, I had to go to Sunday school, and apparently, I don't, I kind of remember this, because I get like a knot in my stomach when I think about it, but I was left alone in the Sunday school class, and I didn't know anyone, and uh, I shit my pants, and <laughs> that is like one of my earliest rem- memories of religion. <laughs> So it's just like I went to the Sunday school. I was terrified. I didn't know anybody, and I shit my pants. Um, <laughs> well, isn't that kidding? That's really that pretty fitting for me. And so, like, I just thought of religion as something like my cousins did, or like other people did, and just like, a thing you could do if you felt like it. What? Then, when I was like eleven, twelve-ish teenagers, and honestly, our dear friend Caitlin is probably an influence in this because Caitlin is a very firmly atheist person, or at least <laughs> was when we were eleven and twelve. And she and I, we would have these long conversations about religion and talk about like God being fake and this and that. And like, you know, those asshole atheists who are like, God is a real and says it's your face. Yeah. That was me as like a 12 year old. That was a hundred. <laughs> I went through my asshole atheist phase very early and had all these, <laughs> right. All these long discussions of God is a real and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like very much that person. Right. And then the spiritual side came in when I was like, later in my teens through to now and there's sort of a variety of ways I've expressed that but it's I became kind of witchy as a teenage girl as one does yeah and that's kind of stuck with me my whole life and now I kind of just identify as as kind of an atheist but spiritual and in that I mean that I guess we can get into discussion of like God later right but for me I don't believe that there's a purpose I don't believe there's a point I don't believe there's a God I don't believe that there's um a plan but mm-hmm. I do believe that, or I do know that we are made from this earth and we're the, un- what is it, the Carl Sagan or the Neil deGrasse Tyson quote or something that we are the universe trying to understand itself, you know? Yeah. And to me, I think that's divine. I think it's divine to think of yourself as just part of the universe, that our molecules are made in the stars and that we're part of the earth. And when we feel a connection to the earth, it's because that's where we're from. Right. But I don't believe in a God, a plan, a purpose, uh, anything like that. That's so that's good. me. That's me in a nutshell. Great. That's very good. That is you in a nutshell. Um, I think for me, it's probably similar. My mother, not that she's a family heathen. I think my family has all, always had very animated discussions about religion. But uh, my mother is like, a, a, was when I was little, a very like staunch communist, um, which me- meant that she like was absolutely against religion. So I grew up in a very, like my mom grew up in a very Catholic household, but I didn't because my mother wouldn't let my grandmother influence me in that way. And my mom always made sure that like, I was not kind of informed about certain things in religion. So um, not that I wasn't informed, but just that she didn't want me to like partake in like Sunday school or anything like that. Um, And my grandmother really wanted me to have like a first communion and a bunch of other stuff. And my mom was like, ha, no. So it was really interesting. It was, for me, it was a bit of like, 
was like a bit of a tug of war between my mom and my grandma because there were times when I would want to like make my grandma happy about things. So I would put myself in in situations where I'd be like, oh yeah, I really want to figure out why my grandma's really into like Jesus and angels and saints and stuff. Um, But at the same time, I was also in a house where my mom was like, this is fucking stupid. (laughs) So... So I just like distinctly remember there was the first time I ever, um, my, well, I think my grandma asked me if I wanted to go to church because she would go every Sunday. And I said, yes. And my grandma went up to my mom apparently and was like, she's like, she's coming to church with me. And my mom was like, great. Don't wake me up. Ah. I don't care. I don't want to know. It's too early in the morning on a Sunday. You guys go have fun. And so I went with my grandma because I really wanted to go. And I just like don't remember much of it. I remember being horribly bored. I remember my grandma was really excited. And then when I came home, my mom was like, so what did you think? And I was like, it was so boring. I'm never going back. And that's kind of been that way ever since. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it was a, an interesting experience. I think I also once asked my mom to buy me a cross like for Easter as like a gift. Cause I was like, isn't that what people do? I don't, I never know where that cross went and thank God I don't wear it anymore. I think recently I've, I don't know. I always kind of tried to figure out religion. I also had my asshole atheist phase from when I was like 11 till I was like 16. Yeah. That's again, thereabouts. We yeah. went through it together. Yeah, exactly. But I also wanted to like figure out like, well, why people were really into it. So like my mom, even though she raised me to be like, this shit is stupid. She also didn't raise me to like hate people who had different religions. Right. Oh yeah. was just like open to me just checking things out. So I went to like a Christian youth group with our friend Laura for like a, a few years or like three or four years. And like, I kind of got it. I was like, oh, so like faith kind of brings community together. And it's like people, you know, really wanting to spend time together and, and really wanting to, to like, I guess, figure out why they're here kind of thing and like support each other and feel like they're being supported by like something greater than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really for me. And I enjoyed the social aspect, but like when it came to the actual religion, I was like, I don't get it. Like it just doesn't, doesn't really like, I, I don't know. I was always just like, man, I wish I could just believe, but I mostly just sit here going like, no, this isn't really my jam. Um, so that was interesting. And then recently, I think I've been very much like you down that whole like Neil deGrasse Tyson road of like, we're all, we're all just made of the same stardust and that's what we are. And that's kind of our connection. And we are all interconnected in the ways that we are in the universe because, you know, like we and the tree are basically trees and like water and everything are made of the same thing. And also if you fuck one thing up, you will end up fucked up. And so I kind of view it that way. And I also try and see it as like, I'm just going to try and be the like a kind human being who doesn't like fuck people over to to the best of my abilities and hope that that means that I'll feel some sort of like peace and happiness um but yeah I've never really been very spiritual I also don't think I ever got into the witchy stuff to be honest yeah no you never got into the witchy stuff that was was me and another friend yeah that was like never really my vibe but I do think that now that I'm older I'm like I understand why people have faith and stuff and religion and stuff but for me it's more of just like I just want to be nice to people and sometimes I might partake in some spiritually related things but it's more about what it does for me as an individual than like me thinking that there's somebody there listening 
if that makes any sense. Because I think Good, that like, yeah. yeah, like we are our own whatever. So when people are like, I'm talking to the spirits or I'm talking to like whoever, it's like, yeah, maybe. But also I know this helps me to just do that myself. Yeah. Like talk, it's like talking to yourself. Like a lot of people say that like uh, praying is like meditation and you're like grounding yourself. So I'm just like, yeah, that's similar shit. And so that's where I am. And I'm hoping to God that I never get pulled into any cults, uh, you know, knock on wood. And uh, I mean, that's my dream. That's your dream. It's funny though, even even talking about religion, we're like, and I hope to God. Like, I love <laughs> saying shit like Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I love that's it. So it's just like, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. It's just <laughs> religious expressions are great. a great time. They're a great time. Like, I'm, I say Lord, God. protect me, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Like, I say that shit all the time. <laughs> I'm not even a holy Christian. Constantly. Amen. Amen. It's really great. Um, I was, who was I talking to recently about this? I, I thought it was really funny because I was like, yeah, I say things like, like, oh God, all the time or like, you know, Jesus. Or I'm always like, Jesus H. Christ. Like, you know, yeah. these are great. It's great. I think it's I don't fun. Think you have to be religious to to be able to partake in these sayings, and it just makes me laugh all the time. Also, when my mom, just to say, because I just remembered, when she told my grandma that she wasn't going to raise me with any religion, my grandmother was so upset, and she's like, "What if she becomes a Muslim?" And my mom was like, "Really, really?" And there, then here, here it is. Here it comes. Like, here it comes. And then she said. And then she said, or what if she becomes a Jehovah's Witness? And it just makes me laugh that a Jehovah's Witness is worse than being a Muslim. In my that's, that's very, actually, that's really funny. Honestly, if I've always said, if I was going to choose like one of the like Abrahamic religions, I'm yes. going Muslim, you get three <laughs> books in one. Like, what are you talking about? That's a and, bargain. That's a deal. And it's the only religion where women have property rights. So everyone can go suck it. Girl, and also the Quran is written so much better than it's like it's beautiful. It's like written really well. It's beautiful poetry. It's Ugh, much better than much better um, the other ones. Like exactly. Whatever. Oh my god! Actually, that's what we should talk about. I find it really funny that I've met a lot of people who say that they are religious who don't who like don't know just the basic facts of other religions because they've been so busy being told that all, all the other religions are wrong. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's a real thing. There and I'm like, why is it that the people who know religion best are the people who don't really like believe in anything? That is a good point. Cause like I was going to say, cause academically I've always been very interested in religion, even though I don't want it for myself in terms of, or I don't believe in it myself. I find it academically fascinating. It's also because I'm like a big history person as well. And I firmly believe in think that you can't understand a culture if you don't understand the religion of that culture it's like it's just not going to happen so you can't study like the crusades and be like i didn't read the bible that doesn't make any sense to me so for me like i've academically found religion to be so fascinating and i find that there are a lot of people who aren't religious who like learning about religion because it's such an important part part of culture and i think it's easier for people who aren't religious because we don't have this like connection we don't feel like we're betraying anything we don't feel like we're we're exploring avenues that maybe we shouldn't we've never been told that like this is wrong we've just been told like cool whatever and so it is just a cool whatever Right. Well, that's so true. Actually, I think that that's kind of what sparked my interest in learning about religions was the fact that I didn't know anything. Yeah. And like that I didn't actually have a connection with it. And I wasn't trying to find one to like have one. I just wanted to like basically find out what all the fuss was about. We also did have a very much like, like, oh, Captain, my Captain. What's that movie called? (laughs) 
uh oh shit a dead poet society dead poet society kind of teacher like oh mr Bearstow. what <laughs> a like, lovely man what a lovely man to inspire you to be interested in religions he was like one of those throwback teachers who was just like he's been teaching since the 60s and he was just very cool and very easy dude. to yeah easy to talk to very much a hippie and he like definitely helped spark her interest in religion in high definitely school. i learned so much from him i remember when we learned about islam and then he wanted to talk about the history of the middle east and he referred to he taught us about hezbollah hamas and he talked about he like framed them as freedom fighters yeah, yeah. not as terrorists I was like, you've won my heart. You fully won my heart. And I was just, I was like, what a, what a beautiful man, man. He really did spark our interest in religions in me. Mm -hmm. I remember he refused, like, this was one of the things he would never, ever make fun of or demean any religion. Yeah. No, he was very, very open to everything. I remember we like, when we learned about Buddhism in class, we like had a class where we meditated, we did meditation. Yeah. Um, we just, he was just an amazing teacher and, and really made everything interesting. And I think that is like a very important part in our curiosity, but I think it's a curiosity that's just born of, of something else. It is born of us not being particularly interested in having a religion for ourselves, I think, but he definitely fanned that fire. I think so too. I think that's what was great. I also think that I was really surprised because my grandmother really wanted me to go to Catholic school, obviously. And my mom was like, hell no. Um, And I remember thinking that Catholic schools, because Catholic schools, you have to, you have to take like a religious class um, of some sort. And I just remember thinking that they had similar, like a similar curriculum. And it wasn't until later that I found out that a lot of schools like teach you like Christianity or like Catholicism Mm -hmm. and then they teach you other religions but they don't teach you nearly as many and they mostly just shit on them yeah that's the thing I've heard that too from people who've gone to Catholic schools that they don't actually learn anything they just learn like to hate other groups (laughs) it's basically it's like it's just like even even if they're not again taught direct hate speech or anything but they're just very much dismissive of other religions which is unreal or they call it spiritualities you know what i mean or they'll say something or it's like their 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 mythology or like this kind of mythology and it's like listen if a religion is still alive and people are using it it's not a mythology no please go fuck yourselves yeah greek religion is a mythology because it's old as shit and nobody is fucking praying to zeus (laughs) like (laughs) nobody's slaughtering a goat and like going to the like temple for that no no, absolutely not. Anyway, that's hilarious. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's why so many of you are so ill-informed about so many religions. And the thing is, I have, for the most part, had to stand up for so many different religious groups. Me too. When having conversations with people. And I have to think to myself, every time I do it, I sit there and I'm like, they must think that I'm like, like very religious. And yeah. I'm, I'm a hardcore Muslim. I'm a hardcore Buddhist. I'm a hardcore whatever. I, they must believe that of me just because exactly. I'm like so passionately like, no, you can't think this about blah, blah, blah. Or even Christianity. Cause I know so much about like the Bible, but people yeah. be like, is she religious? Is she a Christian or does she used to be a Christian? Uh-uh. I feel like there's also this narrative that like people who don't have a religion necessarily had some sort of hurt feelings. And I do think there are a lot of Santa Claus atheists is what I call them. Um, A Santa Claus atheist is someone who was very religious or taught very religious things as a child. And then they grew up and were like, wait, God isn't real. And then got really mad at their parents and really mad at the religion. Like how some kids, like when they find out that Santa isn't real, they start hating Christmas. Like 
Santa Claus atheists. Um, and that is like a thing that can't happen, sure. But I think the narrative that there has to be some sort of trauma with Christianity or with Islam or something for you to not believe is absurd. Right. It is. And that, well, I mean, I think, yeah. And I think a lot of people, I've met people that when I've been like, I'm an atheist or like, no, I don't really believe in, in a God necessarily. Their response has been like, so do you believe in the devil? And I'm like, what? No, I believe in neither. I mean, you can't. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, I should explain because I've said witchy before a, a couple of times. Yeah. And I think people have this idea that like, I'm like going to worship the devil or something, which like, if you do worship a devil, fucking go ahead. He's not real either. Um, <laughs> But like when I say witchy, I just mean like like I'm into plants. <laughs> I'm yeah. into plants. I'm into the moon. I'm into like the seasons and I don't know harvesting nettles. I have some hanging in my room right now. Like like I'm into nature is my kind of witchy. I know that there exactly. are more structured things like you could be a specific kind of Wiccan or something, or you could have a specific structured religious uh, witch belief. Mine is just like a like a hazy like. I have a lot of candles in my room, kind of witchy. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah. When people are like, oh, you worship the devil. I'm like, I don't believe the devil exists. Demons are stupid. Like the devil is <laughs> dumb. Whenever I watch things and, or hear about people who are like, oh, they believed in demons. And I'm like, why? A demon's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. It's dumber than an angel. Like some guy who'd just be like, oh, I'm going to tempt you into evil. It's like, but why? What's the point? Yeah. Because especially because demons, demons, if they exist to punish the, the evil and the wicked, why would they themselves be evil and wicked? Wouldn't they be extremely righteous? That's, I don't get it, Kat. I don't get it. They should be extremely righteous if they are like, if they want to punish the evil, not like evil as well. Well, we'll ask our Jesus friend when we interview him how that works. I don't understand. Oh my God. One time. So I was just going to, I want to segue into like some other stories, but uh -huh. to kick it off. Speaking of witchy things and atheism, girl, this one time when I was talking to one of my cousins at like, a, it was like a funeral and it was like after the funeral, we were at the like dinner reception afterwards. Oh my God. I remember this. Go and ahead. he and I were talking and like, we don't see each other very often. We see each other at weddings and funerals, you know? Mm -hmm. And he was talking about something. And then I mentioned that like, I don't believe in God because he was talking about some Jesus, something, something. Mm -hmm. And the look he gave me was a pure fear and horror he was terrified <laughs> i was like okay and then literally like 20 minutes later we were talking he was talking to me and another another one of my cousins and he's like you know i do have a little bit of trouble like trusting people because you know you could think that someone's nice and all of a sudden you find out like they're like um they're like a liar or an atheist and he's on my face to my face and i was like that was very what? dare that was he very was like, dare. to me he said that i was like wow okay sure. okay sir but the thing is a lot of religious people particularly in like western cultures are taught that like if you don't believe in a god you're evil and you're also trying to lure other people into your evil no. and you're an agent of satan and you're a witch which i guess you know is true but like <laughs> fair enough for him that is that is accurate but uh like he, he was so afraid of me and i was like what are you what are you taught <laughs> to believe like what That's crazy <laughs> but see I, when I was like do I believe in the devil no I just said I don't believe in any why would I believe in the devil if I don't believe in God that doesn't make sense I also feel like sometimes people you know people have asked me like why and I'm like I just have a hard time being okay with somebody you know there being a hierarchy with somebody runs my life yeah I'm not down for that yeah hierarchy and then also in that hierarchy there's also a hierarchy of hierarchies there's like angels and shit 
Yeah, I don't got time for that. If you study like um, Hinduism or Buddhism, there's still hierarchies. There's still like like, all these things that you're either trying to rid yourself of or whatever. Honestly, I feel like of anything, Buddhism is the one that I have the most connection to because um, Buddhism is about a path of moderation. Right. Right. And I do believe, I'd like to follow that in my life. If there's right. anything I've taken from a religion, it's the path of moderation. Right, but and that makes sense. But beyond right. that, yeah, mm-hmm. the, with the, the thinking you're evil and thinking you believe in the devil, I'm like, what's up with you, man? Are you okay? I know. Well, see, here's the thing, though. I was raised by a Mexican family who was yes. Catholic. So as much as I am not religious, and Catherine can attest to this a thousand million percent, myself and my mother have moments that I call Catholic moments. Um, My mother more so than myself, because my mother, as much as I say she's like, she was an atheist and like now she's gone weirdly spiritual and that's its own thing that we'll talk about another day. But I get the sense that like we're, so one, we're very, as Mexicans, you grow up being very superstitious, um, like extremely superstitious. And then the other thing is that I also have family members who maybe they don't talk about God or religion in that way, but they'll talk about saints and like ghosts and like ancestors. Yeah. Um, which for me, I have an easier time being okay with like ancestors or like ghosts than I am with a God, because I think the thing that really blocks me from being okay with the idea of God is this idea of a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Because I just can't, I can't, like, I just can't see that being like, this guy runs my life. Absolutely. Or a plan, like. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, I'm not down for that. I think my inner anarchist is like, no, thank you. But I just think it's funny because my mom, like, sometimes I'll make jokes, religious jokes. And my mom is like, my mom is always like, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. Yeah. She gets freaked out. I remember once I went with my mom to like, uh, to see Guillermo del Toro do like a talk on Mexican cinema and he made a joke and he was like, nobody would worship Jesus if he, if he didn't have a six pack. And my mom went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, that's funny. He's right. But like, she was just like initially just shock. That's such a fun reaction. Um, or when I was talking to my mom about um, La Santa Muerte, who's like basically in Mexico, there's this like new group of people who are starting to, instead of believe in like the general understanding of like Jesus and Mary and the kind Joseph? of the Catholic church. Oh yeah, and Joseph. Um, it's more of like um, that cuck. <laughs> no, that's just shit. The eternal uh, cuck. Joseph. <laughs> We're going. It's more about worshiping death, but like not death as in like the devil, but just in this idea that like we're all gonna die, and like mm-hmm. if there's anything that we should be like paying respects to, it's death because we are given life, and then therefore also given death and like it's this whole thing and I remember talking to my mom about it because it's also something that a lot of people who are like in like drug dealing or like cartel related industries do a lot is they um there's a lot of emphasis on like pilgrimages for La Santa Muerte Mm -hmm. um and my mom and so it has a very negative connotation all brought on by the Catholic Church by the way because the Catholic Church is like these people are evil they believe in the devil and it's like no they just like have more I think they probably feel more in common with death than they do with white Jesus I mean not have we should all feel more in common in, <laughs> with death than white Jesus right but my mom was like really upset that I was talking about it and she's like I don't want to know and she's like she's like no it's bad it's just bad it's bad yeah. and we're not talking about it which was like, she upset about your tattoo as well no because my tattoo I told my mom from the beginning represented like her because oh. it's like the skeleton but it's a a a revolutionary woman holding a baby and a gun, which like 
if anything represents my mother. That's fair. That it's that. And so she's fine with that because La Santa Muerte looks very, like has a very specific look. And so my mom was like, my mom didn't want to talk about it. But then I sent her like a few articles and videos and stuff. And she's like, oh, I get it now. But like we have, my mom and I both have moments where our inner Catholic comes out, which Catherine knows, like when there's demon shit, I don't want to know. Yeah, Carmen, Carmen is like, demons aren't real. And then like, I'll say, I'm like, hey, this is like a true crime story about someone who said they're possessed by a demon. And she's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> she's like, she'll like bring out her version of Guadalupe statue. <laughs> Carmen has like more than one Guadalupe in her house. The version that's of Guadalupe case, is like the patron state of Mexico, to be clear. Yeah, it's just in case. Like, it's, just, it's a just, I'm always a just in case person. Just it's, in case. It is my anxiety. You know, if my Aunt Victoria tells me that it's good to have a version of Guadalupe in my house, I will have one in my house. That's the thing. A lot of religious stuff is just placebos for when you feel bad. So exactly. like, I will believe in certain things. Like I'm like you as well in some ways that I, I'm, I'm more fine with ancestors and ghosts than I am with God. Um, or like, I don't necessarily, I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe in ghosts in the same way I believe in astrology where I'm like, I don't, but <laughs> like, like ghosts to me are like, if ghosts did exist, it's just the memory of like, the, the energy that was in that room. I know that sounds very hippie, but like, no, it's true. Like, like you can feel something when you go into certain like areas or it just feels bad. And maybe it's yeah. just our dumb human brains being dumb because like you feel a weird feeling when you go to like a truck stop or an airport. And that's just because those are liminal spaces and a liminal space is a place basically that like, it doesn't have a concrete purpose. It's not like there for a reason. It's there to travel through. And right. so our brains don't know how to handle it. So we, get kind of a weird feeling in that area and you can get a weird feeling in any kind of area and if you need a placebo to make yourself feel better girl you know I'm saging my house yeah like so so like I will be saging my house I will be doing that I don't believe there's a ghost there I don't believe that there's necessarily something but if I feel funny I'm using that sage so like that's my relationship with those kind of things too Right, exactly. And I, I think, like, I totally agree with you. I think that's, um, for me, something that really comes up a lot. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people who's like, my house feels creepy. Let me sage. Let's, time to sage. Time to sage. Time. You should explain because, like, I feel like a lot of North Americans, particularly Canadians, are very used to saging. Or mm-hmm. the idea of saging and the idea of smudging, which is, like, an uh, indigenous thing. Right. And it's done at, like, certain like political things and it's done in like obviously all the like at a powwow or at like other indigenous um events and things like that right but like for apparently in the rest of the world they don't sage and what saging is 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 that you have like a bundle of sage usually like white sage and it's like you burn that and then you sort of like do like a like an air bath with the sage I don't know how to describe it you sort of (laughs) move it across your face and all your shoulders and stuff yeah um and that's like saging yourself. But if you stage your house, you're just fucking waving that sage around the whole house. Get rid of the demons. Um, uh, and to be honest, like it's funny because it's not just indigenous people who do it. Like Catholics do that with incense in church. That's but, true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the incense is that they use in the church, but like they'll do it with incense in church. And like a lot of people, if they're Catholic, when they move into a new house, um, they have their house blessed. And so that also is like holy water and like incense and like having a priest come in and doing it all. Yeah. Because I also quite like ritual as well. Like, yeah, I think ritual, ritual is fun. Help. I think ritual is like, I've, I've had, I've taken communion, you guys. I think it's fun to do that kind of shit. I'm like. You have not had your first communion. I know, but I, I have eaten the communion wafer though. Bad idea. 
Uh, who cares? I've literally run to the front of a door of a church and slammed on the doors and yelled sanctuary. I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> oh no. That's- I did, it was once in the middle of the night and I was with a friend and I just like ran up to these, these big, I can't remember, this is that big church that's like on McCall and I was like banging in the doors and I was like, sanctuary! <laughs> Amazing. Um, but um, I have, I also went to church with that same friend and like took a communion wafer. So I was like, why not? Let's do it. Um, Cause I think ritual is like an important part of human culture. I think it's like ritual is like anything you do throughout your day or like the breakfast that you eat or whatever. And exactly. when you just apply that to a religious context, just makes things more important to people. So I think that shit's fun as hell. I mean, it is really, I mean, it is soothing as well. Like I remember my aunt once was telling me, because my aunt and I have um, similar anxiety issues, um, my aunt Victoria and I, and I remember when she was like, listen to me, sometimes the saints have heard you too much, you know, they're tired. They don't, don't want to deal with you. She's like, so what you do is that you, she's like, I carry around whenever I need to pray. And she's like, I'm so sick and tired of praying to the saints. So I grab a picture of my mom and my dad, or like you can grab a picture of whoever has died for you. And you hold on to that picture and you pray and you say, if you ever loved me, you piece of shit, you better fix this for me. You better fix this for me and make it right. (laughs) So, um, and she's like, and it doesn't mean that like things need to go your way. It just means that you need to feel better. And like, if that's what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. And to be honest, and some of my like very not fun times, I have definitely like been like, oh yeah, maybe I should try this just Just to see. And it is quite comforting to just be like, listen, you piece of shit, fix it. Oh, absolutely. Fix it right now. Um, And so that's helpful. I also think I pray quite a bit when I'm on an airplane. Oh. I think it's- yeah, you're afraid of airplanes. I love an airplane. Yeah, I feel like I'm on like a very fun bus and I always get a window seat and I'm always staring outside and oh. Carmen on the airplane is just like death grip to the seat. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm very like, I'll listen to like soothing music and I'll definitely be high off my ass on sedatives because I don't want to remember the plane ride um but I'm definitely one of those people who's like who's just like Virgin of Guadalupe just like just make sure that I get there I just want to get there I just want to get there safe I don't want to I don't want a plane crash I just want to get there um and so I think there was like a term for that called like airport atheist oh yeah or yeah there's a the, like the no one's an atheist in a foxhole or whatever like if you're in a situation that's bad everyone's like please jesus god please god please yeah. well that's what i'm like on airplanes i feel like i've never had that situation in other spaces but literally it's just in airplanes i'm like i had, you know i had that once on a on a ride at like canada's wonderland <laughs> it, was that, it was that ride that i don't think they have anymore the one that called jet scream the one that goes rocks and backs and forth and then it goes upside down no, I'm pretty sure they still have it. Do they not? They still have it. I don't know. But that one, um, I remember because that was the first ride I'd ever been on, like a big like ride ride. And right. I was praying to God and freaking out. I was like, <laughs> please, God, please help me. Please, please, please. Because I was like so scared. Now I don't care about roller coasters. I go on any single one. But like that time I was like, like 12 and I was praying to Jesus, a man I'd never met um, and was freaking out. Right. Um, 
yeah, that's see, you have your occasional roller coaster situation. I have my airplane. Yeah, I mean, it was just that one time. But yeah, oh man, airplane. Yeah. Carmen, I love an airplane ride. I look out the window. Mm-hmm. I like have a great time. I watch a sad movie. I openly weep. That is my airplane <laughs> like regimen. I love crying on airplanes. I love it. Oh God. I'm like the girl who's just like bawling on an airplane, and it's just it's it's cathartic. I don't know. It's a good time. I mean, that's great. I um wanted to talk to you about the fact that um you when you talked about like your asshole atheist moments I need to bring up oh, the quintessential do. Catherine asshole atheist moment oh yes which I yes. think I have brought up before in our high school episode and then Catherine was like I don't remember doing that but I certainly do so my locker was diagonal to um this room called Miss Jones room oh Miss Jones was like the one of the counselors um and she was black and um also <laughs> nice to all the black kids which um me and her got along great yeah didn't she's really my to- my sister's best friend's mom Exactly. Um, and she was lovely and kind and, you know, trying to fight that anti-black racism in her school board. She ran, but she was also really into Jesus and very homophobic, if you remember, Catherine. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And uh, she ran a Bible study group. Mm-hmm. And I just remember distinctly, because it was before, it would happen before school. And I just remember going to my locker, grabbing my shit, everybody coming out of Bible study. And me hearing Catherine cackling. Full like, cackling, yeah. I kind of have a vague memory of this now. Yeah. Full on cackling. I don't know what happened. I don't know what, what went on in the Bible study group. But Catherine laughed so hard, she then fell on the floor. I could. I was like every quintessential black kid laughing too much. I had to leave the room. I was like, ah! Like clapping, <laughs> like knees lapping, falling on the floor. Uh, you know, it's very funny when a black person just leaves. Like they have to go. Remember when we watched Miami Connection with Andrew and he just like up and like left? He like walked away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I can't. You know, it's like an instinct in our bodies. You gotta just get out of there. It's just too funny. And it was, it was, yeah, I was, yeah, that's a dick move. I wouldn't do that now, but at the time, man, that was so the funniest shit I ever heard in my life. I mean, but <laughs> what did you hear? That's I don't know. going to be my question. I can't remember. I'm not going to be able to remember what silly religious thing made me laugh my ass off. I mean, you sure oh. wasn't Jesus and the hippopotamus? I mean, that one was very funny. There's like a oh. translation of one of the Bibles where it says, like, blessed are the hippopotamus. And in other <laughs> translations, it says, like, blessed are the beasts of whatever. But for some reason, this one said, blessed are the hippopotamus, which was fucking quality laughs. That was that was a good time. I mean, that made me laugh. And it might have also been that certain other gentleman. Um, what did we call him when we did our high school episode? I don't know. We're going to call him Tracksuit for now. Oh, yeah. But Tracksuit was this extremely religious person we went to high school with. And he was... Oh, uh, Jesus Freak. We called him Jesus Freak. Jesus Freak. Jesus Freak was a rough person to be around. And I think he was just being very religious in my face. And I was like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so bad. We're uh, but the thing is, it's like... People trying to convert you is some of the funniest shit you've ever heard in your life. I don't know who listens to conversion, like, tactics, and it's just like, yeah, okay. Well, okay. Speaking of which, Catherine, let's have a couple conversations. One, I have never once in my life met a member of Nation of Islam who didn't want to convert me. I mean. That's me. That's the first. And it's also because whenever they try and talk to me, because for anybody who knows, the Nation of Islam guys are the guys that stand outside. I mean, in, in a lot of like metropolitan cities. Yeah, but um, we're in Toronto, so ours may be different. I don't know. Yeah, but I think they do that. And I think that's how they like raise money in a lot of different spaces. But 
So they stand outside and they um, do the Black History Month like pamphlets. At least that's what they do in Toronto. Um, I'm not sure if they do the same thing in other parts of the world, but um, they never tell you that they're Nation of Islam. They're just like handing out pamphlets and asking for money. They're always just like, hey, sister, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what are you talking? Get out of my face. I, I never <laughs> stop talking. I never stop to talk to anybody. That's the thing. Carmen gets conversion attempts regularly <laughs> because people stop and talk to her and she goes, mm-hmm, okay. And I, when someone's <laughs> like, hey, do you want this pamphlet? I'm like, no. And I keep walking. <laughs> well, so this has led to many an instance of me being in awkward situations. So the first one is the NOI guys are always like, cause I, I ain't got time for them lying to me. I mean, they're not lying, but they're like, you know, not telling the truth. So I just kind of stand there and I just go NOI. And they look at me like I've like pulled off their mask. And they're That's like, funny. That's really funny so shaken. And they're like, how do you know? And I'm like, cause I just know every, I know, I know who you are. You're standing here in a suit with and so they try to convert me. Um, I've had, uh, actually, Catherine's mom will very much remember this. I've had moments, I had a moment where a Jehovah's Witness told me I wasn't ready for the watchtower. Which is um, rude. As someone um, with Jehovah's Witness family members, I know they give watchtowers out like fucking candy. To say, you're right. not ready for the watchtower. And so they were one of my kinfolk because they were Latinos. And I was up in like a Jane and Finch, Jane and Wilson area. And I was like going on my walk, having to go see a client while I was a social worker. And I just, some lady stopped me because obviously she knows I speak Spanish. And she was like, do you speak Spanish? I was like, here we go. Um, Because Latinos, there's so many Jehovah's Witnesses who are Latinos. It's not even funny. I don't know what happened where they got a hold of so many of us. And like, they also come to your door and know you speak Spanish. And Ooh. I know that they're not going to everyone's door. And my last name, Galvan, is not like a very like Latin American sounding last name. It's not like Hernandez or anything. So I, yeah. I don't get it. But they stopped me and the woman started talking to me and she was like, you know, how did we come to be how we were? How come our eyeballs aren't in our hands? Why are they on our face? It's the perfect design. And I was like, evolution. And she was like, sorry. And I was like, evolution? Pretty sure it's proven. Pretty sure it's evolution. Also, what the fuck you're talking about? Yeah, I was like, what? And so I just, I was like, this is not Pan's Labyrinth. Nobody needs to have their eyeballs in there. But like, I was so confused. And then she told me that I was not ready. Um, but I also had a situation when I was younger where a woman would like, I saw this woman, she lived in my building. It was in the laundry room or something. And she was like, oh, do you speak Spanish? I was like, yeah. She's like, do you like to read? Because I think I was reading a book. And I was like, yeah, I, I like to read. And she's like, have you ever read the Bible? And I was like, yeah, I, I have. And she's like, oh, great. And so, but then somehow she found out what apartment I lived in. Oh, so no. She, yeah. So she came to my apartment um, when my mom wasn't home and was like, oh, you know, I could give you like Bible study lessons or whatever. And she was like some old lady. And and she like, she's like, you know, and she had her watchtower because she was a Jehovah's Witness. And I was like, no, thank you. She's like, why not? <laughs> Just said, because my mom's a communist. And then I closed the door thinking that that would make her go away. But um, actually she came back way more after that until my mom was like, I'm going to charge you with harassment if you don't leave my child alone. That's so please really go away. funny. And then Catherine once experienced one of the moments, one of the quintessential moments of Carmen not being able to say no. Oh, Oh, well, as oh. Did, as did our friend Thompson. So I apologize to the both of you. But I think it this was like was, a frightening experience. This Catherine, was one of the most frightening experiences <laughs> of my life. <laughs> so Catherine and Thompson and I were, you know, we're Mississauga kids. So, you know, you know. Going yeah, we down, were like in high school at the time. Yeah, we were, we were young. We were like 17, maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, we were like 
between the ages of like 16 and 17. And, you know, it's like a bit of an experience to like go downtown. If you're from Mississauga, you like, you know, you're going by yourself, your parents aren't there, whatever. So we're like walking around Young and Bloor, um, right in the heart of downtown. And this man, this pale, tall, white man, cold hands, dead eyes, (laughs) you know, standing outside of this one building at Young and Bloor and goes, do you want to come in and watch a, watch a movie? And we were like, and I, you know, most people would say no, but uh, a Carmen is um, a little bit of a doormat sometimes. And so, especially when I was that age and I didn't want to be rude. And also um, the way the building was um, the first floor in the lobby where they talk to people outside, it's all glass. Like you could see straight through the entire like lobby area. And I saw a bunch of TVs with a bunch of couches in the front lobby area. So here I was thinking like, oh, they're just going to talk to us in the lobby and whatever. So we're sitting there. So like we go and he's just, and I was like, sure. And Thompson and Catherine obviously were like, oh, the fuck? Because pan up from these clear glass windows and you will be seeing a big sign that says Church of Scientology. Scientology. I was also curious, you know, this was like post uh what's his face tom cruise jumping on the couch at, on you know on oprah's show this was like post him talking about how you need to be silent when you're having babies uh whatever he the said hell. what now yeah apparently scientologists scientologists believe in like completely silent births and that made me laugh and like no medication and a bunch of other shit and it was just funny um apparently it's a thing like that's like the goal and I was like no thank you you're not birthing my child so I was very interested because I had like tried to read up on it and I was like in my head as a young atheist I was like oh do they believe in science because it's Scientology science with science like where it's coming from so that was my question and I could never get a straight answer Mm -hmm. so when he was so I was you know curious I'm still annoyed like it was so scary (laughs) so what they did was they brought us in and the man leads us down a corridor past that lobby with the tvs past everything where you can see anything and puts us in a dark ass like teeny tiny like mini theater with like like 12 seats like of of rows of like movie theater seats and the screen was the size of the wall and i swear to god i know i know they were that watching fucking they were watching us because wasn't was there glass no no it was nothing it was completely pitch black it was completely pitch black but we know we know we know they were watching, they were watching. us and but they we put on and it was truly like i was like at, at first, I was just like, ha, 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 this is funny. And then I, I was like, we're going to die. It was so <laughs> scary. And we were like freaking out. It was like it was locked or there's something wrong. And we're like, can we get out of here? Like, what's going on? And then the movie started. And guys, like, I, I think you can now find the movie on YouTube. But like Scientology is very secretive about all of their information. But the movie was just like. No information? No information. It was an and it was ad just like it's like a creepy twenty-five minute ad, and they're just like, "Hey, buy our books, buy our books, buy our books, learn more, buy our books." And it was hey, like, oh, like a man running on a treadmill, and he's like, "You want to learn more? Buy our books." It was so scary and weird. And, and it was then all celebrities who were who were Scientologists that I didn't know were Scientologists. Like there was like Chrissy Alley, and I think Leia Remini might have been in it as well. And it there was, was so um, scary. And then here's John the scariest Travolta. part. Here's the scariest part that has stuck with me fucking for years. At the end of this dumb weird long infomercial (laughs) the guy who's like doing the introduction being like hey i'm blah 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 some white man in a suit is walking along the whatever the in the in the shot 
he stops center frame in the shot, turns to the camera and is like, you could jump off a bridge or ki and kill yourself and you could end your life or you could start a new one. And it was just like, <laughs> the scary. And then he's like, and then he looked in the camera, got closer and went, hello. And, and then, we were and just then, like, ah! like we were we were like, like scream that. laughing, beating <laughs> on our knees, like freaking out, and we were also like chilled to the bone. We were so was, scary. No, and then right after, it's like a it was an image of like a sunrise. Oh, so scary! It was crazy. And then we got out, and the man had the audacity to be like, "So what'd you think?" And we were like, "Bitch, we know you're watching us." One. No, I I was just like, "Well, I still don't get it." I was like, "I came here to learn about what Scientology is, and I still don't. You still haven't answered my." I question. can't believe you. Shook that before. man was so scary. You shook his hand. I shook his hand too, and I felt nothing but cold terror in my body. And you were like, "Yeah, let's go into this dark room." I can't believe it was terrifying. It was awful. I mean, First I of Scientology. Have, I have thus, you know, thus far. I think I have gotten. Much better. With my Saying no. Up. Having some boundaries, maybe. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I just like, it was bad. I feel it's like so scary. I feel like there would have been a time where I would be one of those people who would like accidentally end up in a cult, not because I believed in it, but because I was like, I didn't want to be rude. Yeah. Yes. That's your. It's you. You're you're drinking a Kool Aid at Jonestown. Like, is this? Uh, is this really, what we want to do, guys. This is yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Oh, it was oh, so man. sorry. I'm that so is sorry. the scariest um, conversion attempt I've ever had. <laughs> he didn't know. There was no information given. There was no information about Scientology given. And so, again, I wonder who are the people who fall for these tactics? Because usually when you get someone into a religion, the tried and true tactic is inviting them to, like, a barbecue or to some social events. So they feel a community. And then they're like, hey, I like this community feeling. I want to join this community. That's how everybody does it. Not bringing teenagers into a creepy ass room to watch a demon video. Ugh, anyway, I've had much less like scary religious um, conversion things because nobody stops me on the street, as I've said before. The <laughs> only ones I get regularly or semi-regularly were the ones from my like uncle and stuff. Mm. But I remember my aunt telling me something about like, um, people who read Harry Potter becoming part of the occult, which again, she, it's true. Um, <laughs> but she told me that. And I remember my uncle saying something, these are my, again, Kentucky cousins. Um, mm -hmm. my uncle saying something like, uh, how did they, uh, keep all the, how do they get all the animals on Noah's Ark? I was like, I don't know, man, chop them up. Like I, I remember saying that I was like 14 and he's like, no, they got the babies. They got baby animals. And that's how they were able to fill the ark. And I was like, you think this is a good selling tactic? <laughs> who tries to use Noah's ark of all stories to convert? I don't get it. I, I am very much into people who like to see religious texts as like- Guidelines? Yeah, not only just guidelines, but also just like metaphors. Yes, absolutely. Like, I don't sit here and think this is exactly what happened. I just sit here and think, ah, it's a metaphor for life. It's like when Mr. Beerstow used to tell us that the Bible and the Torah are just um, health and safety manuals. That's very funny. Yeah. For the time. And I was like, that makes sense. Because he's like, why didn't they eat pork? Well, because it would be really dangerous for them to eat pork in that time because there wasn't a method to be able to clean the meat properly and then you could die of like a bacterial infection. And he's like, same with shellfish. You know, he's like, there was no ice. And like, how could you guarantee that you wouldn't die of like some sort of, you know, illness if you ate like 
you know, a rotten shellfish. And he's like, they needed to keep the population up. Hence, why you couldn't be eating any of the shit and why there were all these rules. And I was like... Yeah, or even like, you know, like the man should, man should not lie with a woman kind of thing. Yeah. Like that is in reference to like, I'm pretty sure it's in reference to like ancient Greek practices of having like an older man and a younger boy thing. And they were like, that's gross, but not necessarily like two adult men together. That's a whole different thing. They were like, don't fuck kids. That's an abomination. That was <laughs> what they were talking about. Uh, and also like, you can't have babies with them man and a man and i'm sure their population numbers were a bit maybe it was a population thing as well but like i'm pretty sure it was i think that i think i read somewhere that that was the um like the verbiage used was in reference to that greek thing but maybe i'm wrong no but that's really funny and also true so that's why i'm just like guys these were guidelines for back then and yeah. also for metaphor they were like you can't you can't combine fibers that's an abomination so if you're wearing polyblend you're going to hell this is what, and this is actually my biggest issue that I've had with people. It's that like they talk about a lot of people who are very religious will shit on other people's faiths and stuff, and then, but then also, they're not following their. They're only following what like works for them. Yeah. So I remember in high school, we had a few people who were religious, and they were like, "Oh, I don't believe in gay marriage," and I was like, "Don't you fuck your boyfriend? Like you're not married." So. What's so? You can't pick and choose. If you're take, hey, the the argument in the Bible was about like if you're gonna take part of the Torah, if you're gonna take part of the law, you have to take all of the law. So if you're gonna, you can't cherry pick. It's literally in the Bible about like, hey, if you're gonna take part of it, you gotta take all of it. And if yeah. you're not gonna just, if you're gonna take that one little bit, that's not correct. Exactly. Like, that also, really also, I have a huge, like, this is a completely other discussion, but I have a huge problem with Christians, because um, I know we've been talking a lot, obviously, about Western religions, because that's where we live, but, yeah. like, I have such a problem with Christians interpreting Jewish texts, because it's like, you don't understand them, you don't understand their <laughs> metaphors, you don't understand what they're talking about, and you also don't understand that Jewish people have a whole tradition of discussing their texts and arguing about it, and, and like, like, trying to dissect it. They have a whole tradition of engaging with their dialogue, uh, di sorry, engaging in a dialogue with their religion and with their texts. But Christian people are like, oh, you said that? Good. Cool, 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 cool. And they don't understand that it's a metaphor or they don't understand it's a reference to this or a reference to that or any sort of nuance. And they just take everything fucking bare face. Okay, sure. Oh, yeah, that's very true. And, and that's, that's led to so many problems. I'm like, it's not your book. Get a new book. Oh. I mean, they've been doing this for... I mean, I know, I know it's an old argument to have. Like, this is not, this is not like I'm talking some new thing. It's been two millennia. But they, they shouldn't have taken, they shouldn't have been listening to uh, or reading Jewish scripture in the first place if they didn't know how to understand it or dissect it. Isn't like, that just what white people Get your own book. I mean, you know. But uh, they weren't white people. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. They were, they were a, a brown. Sasha. They were a brown, yes. Actually, yeah, I was thinking about that recently because... There was something, what was I going to say? Something happened recently. Oh, okay. So I was listening to Lewis Black, who obviously is a great comedian, and he has this whole spiel. I was listening to some of his old stuff, and he's Jewish, and his old spiel about like, oh, so you thought our book was old, and your book was new, so you called it the Old Testament and the New Testament, and he's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> It's true. Uh, I have no idea what that for anyone about. who wants to listen to it or watch it. I think it's great. Um, I also think that 
for me personally, I have a lot of respect for people who have a faith in, in something. Like I think it's great for them if, if it helps them be better people or if it like helps them feel better. I think it's really good. Um, I personally think that as somebody who's Latin American, it like, for me, it's really important to respect people who have done really amazing things. So a lot of the revolutions in Latin America had to do with religious people or like like people who are Catholic, Christian, whatever the case may be, um, to interpreting the Bible and interpreting scripture in a way that made sense in terms of a revolution and in terms of seeing Jesus as a revolutionary figure who stood for the poor um, and people who are disabled and basically like oppressed communities. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of like what Jesuit priests often believed in. And like the Jesuit priests had a, had a huge influence on Latin American culture um, and had a huge influence on like education and other things. And, um, and a lot of civil wars and a lot of like issues, especially during the cold war, when there were all these wars actually going on in Latin America, um, a lot of priests were murdered because they, um, stood with the people and not with the government. And it really depended and it changed here and there. And so I think it's really important to also like, I, that's something I hold in like for myself as, a, as an appreciation because liberation theology, I think, especially if you're doing organizing work or like you call if you call yourself an activist and you give people shit for having a faith or a religion, you're an asshole. Yeah, really, that's what it is. And second off, like, I don't care who you are. You can be an activist and not look at, like, the ways in which religions bring people in and bring people together and, like, say, hey, that's really stupid. Because if maybe if we did more of that and less of, like, whatever nonsense people are doing, people would be more willing to, like, come and organize with us. Because I do remember I read an article that was, like, why do Black people... Um, why are black people more willing to listen to Nation of Islam than they are like communists or whatever? And I was like, well, I know the answer to that. And the answer was that like, they don't treat, they're not like shitty humans who go around thinking that you're less than because you have a spiritual, you know, belief or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why I'm always like, organizers, I get that like, you might have an issue with Jesus or you might have an issue with like the colonial um, history of like Catholicism and religion in our countries. And I understand, and I agree, and I feel the same way, but also like if people are going to come and be educated on like serving the oppressed class and they're doing it through the word of Jesus, what the fuck is the problem? Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, you can't shit on people's faith and you can't like, like you can critique someone's faith, of course but you're not going to welcome anybody in by being like, you're dumb. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really wish like more activists thought about that because I think so many, so many things that happened have happened because people of faith have like stood up for a certain principle. And that, and like, as much as we don't like to think of it that way, faith and like religious groups move people way more than like your stupid communist party whatever is going to move people unfortunately right like it's just how the how the world works people can relate more and feel more in tune with somebody talking about there being a higher power that's moving them to revolutionize than they are to like somebody being like ah marx let's read the communist manifesto and go you know like yeah no it's true it's just not the same and like just to say that as much as my mother was like a hardcore atheist in a lot of ways, the reason that she decided to join or do organizing in the way that she did was because 
there was a time in El Salvador where they assassinated a really well-known priest who was a Jesuit priest. And he actually started off as a very conservative, like right-wing priest. And then as the civil war like happened, he actually changed his views and was very vocal about supporting, you know, the people and like very against violence and very much about like pacifism and everything else. And he was assassinated by the army, like in the middle of a, of his church service. Yeah. And that was actually what motivated my mother to do more like serious organizing work, which always makes me laugh because I'm like, you were moved, you were called to a, to a, to a, you, you know, answered your calling because a priest died. And I always thought that, that was ironic and it made me laugh. That's funny, actually. Yeah. Right? Especially with your mom. Exactly. That's why I was like, huh, interesting. Yo, like, we haven't even got into like the nitty gritty of religious practices. We've been talking about like faith and spirituality a lot, but like, yo, religions, it's in some sense, dark shit, which we will touch on at a later time. Yeah, well, I mean, we I could probably get into it when we talk about decolonizing. Oh, we're, we're going to get there when we talk about decolonizing. Good shit. God. Um, it's but I think, um, sort of like to wrap it up, just to talk about, when I think about religion, the only thing that I can say that I really don't like is that they're so focused on death in terms of like, what's going to happen after death or what you're going to get later. Which you're going to get after. And I'm like, guys, shouldn't you be living a good life for the sake of living a good life? Yeah. Why are you being kind for the purpose of getting into heaven? Shouldn't you be kind for other reasons? Shouldn't there be some less, uh, a more altruistic motive to your behavior? Why are you doing things because you think, oh, I'm going to be punished later? That's a horrible method, you know? Yeah, that's why I actually completely agree with you. Because I have met people who have just been like, I don't know. Like, they're like, well, don't you want to get into heaven? And I'm like, no, not like, that's not why I try to be nice to people. Yeah. That's like not my jam. And so that always makes me laugh. Or there's people who are like, well, you know, what if heaven is real? You know, I'm you like, don't want to believe it. And I'm like, so you're just doing this as like a, a lottery thing. Like, yeah. If you don't play the lottery, you can't win. So like, like and also if those are the terms, if heaven is real and those are the terms, I reject those terms. Those are awful terms. Exactly. That's what I was like, that don't make no kind of sense. And so I agree with you. I think the whole idea for me, that's why I always, it's fine. I find it funny because I've met amazing people and like know of like amazing people and scholars who are like very much like into religion and faith and like Jesus and all sorts of other things. Like Cornell West is like my hero. He's like one of my number one people and mm -hmm. he's really into Jesus. And that doesn't stop me from liking his shit, but he's really into Jesus and also is like a really lovely human who's like, we should be there for like our Muslim brothers and sisters and we should be there for all of our brown and black and like, you know, racialized folks and like, you know, white supremacy and a bunch of other shit. I just don't understand the people who are like, I believe in Jesus. And also I think we should stick kids in cages. I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to come down on a white horse. Oh my God. I remember that. That was great. <laughs> that, was, that was from the, what was it? Jesus camp? No. Was it Jesus Camp or Religious? Religious, I don't know. It was one of those religious documentaries, but that one was some woman now, talking Jesus about like- Camp. what a movie. What a movie. If we were going to recommend something, what a movie. Camp. Actually, that movie is still considered one of the most controversial documentaries to come out in like the last 20 years because- oh, really? Yeah, because the movie is basically, you know, I mean, you know what it's about, but it's like- Oh, controversial in that term. I thought you meant yeah. like, they're like, oh, they faked something. No, no, no. no it's just controversial because it's, like, it's like exposing the weird ass evangelical American right. version of Christianity. Exactly. But it's also one of those things where a lot of people who were in the movie said that it like 
portrayed them in a really bad light. And I was like, listen, girl, you were in a bad light. You were in some light that was not flattering. And I'm sorry, but that was just the truth. Exactly. Like I just was sitting there going like that. None of this, none of this makes any sense. And so that is a movie that I, I highly recommend for people is I think there's also, I feel like Religious is one of those movies where like, it's, I hate Bill Maher, but it's like, I know I hate Bill Maher. Fuck that guy. Not a terrible he, movie. He is a Santa Claus atheist. Oh yeah, for sure. He's so angry all the time. He's so angry. All so angry all the time. I think I like to like think of life. I'm like, cause I've, I think I've said before, maybe on this podcast, that something that calms me down is thinking about like how meaningless everything is. I like to think of myself as just like a speck on a, like a dot that's just rocketing through space around some ball of fire. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I have like a positive nihilism in my life. I'm like nothing <laughs> matters. But like, yeah, let's I, just, I try to think that sometimes. You no, know, well. just positive nihilism. Just like because the thing is, none of this shit is real. You know what's real? Pain is real. Pain is pain is the only thing that's real, right? And joy is real. Those things are real. So we can like we can and should be working towards those things in our life rather than being like, when I die, I don't know why I put that voice on. <laughs> when I die, I'm going to heaven and I'm coming down on a white horse. You know? <laughs> Well, I think, um, well, I, I, I mean, you know, what makes me laugh? I actually, uh, my friend Harry said this once and it's really stuck with me. Um, and I was asking, I was like, how, I was like, how possible do you, do you think it would be, I would be able to like create a death cult? And he's like, Carmen, all religions are death cults. And That's like, true. True, so true. True, 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 true. And now whenever people are like, oh, is that, that's like a death cult. And I was like, all re- I tell people now, I'm like, all religions are death cults. Nobody wants to die. Yeah. Nobody wants it to be done once they're dead. Everybody wants to keep living. That's why these faiths exist at all. Yeah. We gain consciousness, which is a horrible thing to have. And it's like us and like squids and dolphins who are like, shit, man, we're going to die. Exactly. And so I'm actually very happy. That's why for me, sometimes when I'm like in nature or just like walking around and I like see, you know, like an animal or like a bug or something. And I'm like, I always talk to them because I'm like, maybe they understand. Maybe Maybe they they don't. And And maybe they... Their ancestor. Yeah, I'm just like, this is just like, you know, this is the extent of my faith is that like, I hope they can feel that I'm not going to hurt them. And then that's it. Yeah, I want to be eaten by worms when I'm dead. Like I want things to eat me. I want to continue that way. You know what? If I turn into poop or I turn into a tree, that's the best life, you know? Exactly. There are a lot of green burial services now since apparently it has finally come to light. Also because, yeah, for fucking formaldehyde is not good for the ground, maybe. Yeah. Also, you don't actually decompose properly in a casket because no. it's sealed shut. So when people are like, I don't want to be eaten by worms. I'm like, if you're in a casket, you're not because it's sealed shut. It's going to take a long ass time for that wood to rot for anything to even get in there. Yeah, because it's also varnished. Yeah. Very long oh. time. See? This yeah. So I think we should just all, you know, work on just being life different. better and making, you know, baby, you know, that's worth, what is that song? Ooh, heaven. It's a place on earth. Oh, God. Yeah? Heaven is a place on earth. Are you going to leave? I have that song stuck in my head. Heaven on place on earth. Terrible. Ooh, heaven is a Kevin, place on earth. Kevin, do we have the life thing right to this? I don't think so. I mean... <laughs> I mean, is anyone going to notice? Probably not, but... Oh, man. The point is is that people should just be nice to each other. Because I've met people 
who are nice, who believe in God. And I've met people who are shitty, who believe in God. And I've met people who are nice, who don't believe in God. And I believe, you know, and I've known people who like are not nice and who don't believe in God. So yeah, so it kind of doesn't matter. Just be nice, a nice person and try not to be so selfish and try to care about other people. Um, I don't understand people who don't care about other people. Like just go, I try, I like to go out of my way sometimes, especially with everything going on in the world right now to just like check in on people or just be like, you know, sending a nice text message or like just being like, hope you're doing good or like, you know, being as supportive as possible. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Okay. Well, I think that's us. It's not that hard, people. You don't need a motivating factor and you don't need a God. You can have one if you want, like we're not judging, but I think it's better to be nice in this life than to wait for another one. Exactly. exactly. And uh, that's it. Um... <laughs> Oh, do you want to do, I, we were trying to remember to do segments on this show because we forget every single time. No recommend. Do you have any recommendations? Okay. Let me see. In terms of recommendations, in terms of recommendations in spirituality, you know, I rewatched Avatar recently, Avatar The Last Airbender. Honestly, what a good example. What a great example of just like different spiritualities, different understandings of the world, just a beautiful, beautiful TV show. It's supposed Meditation to be on kindness. Truly makes me cry every time I watch it. Um, such a great TV show. So, you know, I am always going to recommend Avatar The Last Airbender. The I'm M. Night Shyamalan version exclusively? Gross. No, forget that one exists. Um, actually, the creator just dropped out of the Netflix show. So I was oh, like, oh, I know. going to suck now. So I think there's that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I recently finished reading I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Mm which is the book by Michelle McNamara, who died. And the book is about the Golden State Killer. And uh, it's kind of the book she half finished. And then she died before she could finish it. And then she died before they could catch him. And then he was finally sentenced this, uh, this last Friday. And you best believe I cried when I saw that he was finally sentenced, which we oh. did, I did not think would happen. But I think I got very emotionally caught up in the book because you realize that she died before they caught him. And it made me very sad. And, you know, her husband talks about the of, like yeah. losing, losing a wife and you know I have some dead p- person baggage so it you know hits all the heartstrings but it is a very good book and also the mini series that they have on HBO also called I'll Be Gone in the Dark made me had I been watching it by myself I would have wept openly for sure but it's so good it's so good and it's I think one of the better true crime documentaries that I've ever seen so I'll Be Gone in the Dark both the book and the show and Avatar Last Airbender. Catherine? Well, I mean, I'm going to also endorse I'll Be Gone in the Dark. I haven't finished it, but it's very, very good. Um, did it I make will... you read? Did it make you? I'm now sleeping with a hammer next to my bed. What about you? <laughs> I told you before, you cannot sleep with a weapon next to your bed. You have to have something that, <laughs> should, you, it, because then it could be blamed on you when you, you, be, you could be the person who's in trouble when you're in a court right situation. my bed. Well, yeah, a picture frame, use that. A picture frame with a hammer in the frame. And then you can say, <laughs> it's art. And then you can be like, I didn't, ex- I didn't have a weapon prepared. I just had a picture of a whatever. And then you can have like something on it that says like, break glass in case of emergency. So it's like a joke. Anyway, um, so that's a very good book. And also, I believe, I think it's her she was talking, he was talking about, but Patton Oswalt was married to Michelle McNamara. And he would say that like, what she would say about the world was that it's chaos and you should just be kind. That everything is Aww. chaos and to be kind because there's no order to anything. Everything's just a random crap. 
But yeah, I love that. So there's that. And then also, um, there's a show I'm watching right now that I didn't think I was going to like, like, and I think Carmen, you would actually probably like it, but I've been watching The Boys on Amazon. The Boys? Oh, it's that superhero show. A superhero show. And so I mistakenly thought it was about the characters who are like the superheroes, but it's not. It's actually about the people who are negatively affected by the superheroes. So like a superhero accidentally kills this girl and like... It, they don't really, they, they are, the superheroes are sort of caught up in this huge corporation and they're all assholes. And um, like, they try to like pay people off and give people NDAs so they don't like talk about the people they accidentally kill. And it's this whole thing about like corporations, but like also about superheroes as the sort of um, the mask for it. Right. And it's very good. And there are some elements of it that I don't like. Like, I don't like when female characters die for men to do something like that always bugs the shit out of me. But it's otherwise a good show. Especially I racialized been, women, because yeah. I watched that first episode, and I was like, y'all did not. Yeah, literally, first five minutes, a racialized woman dies for some white guy to be, and I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. I just <laughs> kept watching to give it a chance, and it's, it's, it's turned out pretty good so far, and it's actually okay. kind of on topic in some ways, because there's a lot of stuff about these superheroes, and some of them are religious, and they mm-hmm. go to those, like, really religious, like, events, and, like, be like we got our hero these powers because we believe in God and everything, and it's very much like these superheroes are very popular with sort of like uh, mid middle America sort of like very Christian evangelical because they oh, believe God. that their spirituality is linked to their superpowers and stuff like that. So there's that as well, which is and it obviously is a fucking bullshit lie, but <laughs> there's <laughs> that as well. So I'm I'm watching the boys. I haven't finished it, but I will recommend it because I think it's good overall and. There are moments in it that got me like very tense, and I like when a show can make me like tense. That's great. That's actually really good. Oh, you know what I was thinking of just recently? Um, so Catherine had wanted me to watch um, The Witch. Yeah. Which I watched. Isn't it um, gross? Like, it's so gross, but it's also really good because it's just like tense the entire time because you're just you don't know what's going to happen. But um, it was really funny because there's a scene in the movie I think that we've talked about where this woman, the witch, kills a baby. Oh, and, I hate like, that scene. Yeah, and so she makes the baby into this, like, potion to, like, whatever. Fly? To fly. But here's the thing. When Catherine first told me that, she's like, it's so disturbing. And my response was, but can she fly? Yeah. That was my mom, too. I told my mom, and she's like, but does it work? Can she fly? And she was like, yeah. And you both were like, well, then what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not bad people. We're not bad people. If you want to learn, if you want to fly, then, like. I mean, if the baby's just in the field, like. Still the baby, right? Okay. Um, we're not like uh, okay. Just to wrap it up, what's your social media, Carmen? Uh, Carmen underscore Maria four one six. I recently got a, a plethora of ads uh, of people adding me um, who were all sugar daddies, and I was like, no, thank you. But in my head, I thought, is this the universe telling me something? I mean, Carmen, if an opportunity lands in your lap, who are these men? Get a sugar daddy. Get that money. <laughs> I don't understand what the problem. If a bunch of sugar daddies started messaging me, you know, you know, I'd be on that. I know. Oh, rude. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad for you. Please um, <laughs> consider it. What if they just want pictures of your feet or something? That's nothing. That's nothing. I know, but they're how much really they pay? They look really ugly and really. Yeah. Sus. What 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 sugar daddies are hot? Like I mean, zero two percent. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I've Go, just like roll with those punches. Avoided them. But, you know, it's nice to have more followers, so there's that. <laughs> I appreciate followers of every kind. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, you know, if they are open to listening to me rant about Disney movies that I'm watching for the first time, fine. Sure. Let's get that money. Get that money. Get them to pay <laughs> for this podcast or something. Oh, so good. Anyway, go ahead. 
so for me, it's the CC Williams on Instagram. Um, technically, the everywhere it's the CC Williams, but I'm only really active on Instagram. And uh, for pictures of my cats, really, my cats are so cute. Um, this is a really good picture of Huey that, I, that happened recently, where he's standing straight up. Oh, he's so tall. And uh, that's about it. That's all I got in my quarantine life. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about it. People are always like, did you pick up anything? And I'm like, you know what? I picked up bike riding. So that's it. And then our Instagram is I'd kill a spider for you. And our Twitter is I kill a spider number four letter U for Carmen's angry political beats. And uh, it's a good time. And 90 day fiance tweets, which actually I mean, are very popular. Very good. So, all right. Goodbye, my friends.